0: Happy Sabbath. Uh, if you have your Bibles, would you open up to the book of Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, and we're going to begin reading from verse 59. Luke chapter 9, and we'll begin with verse fifty. Nine. When you're there, say Amen. All right, when you're there, say Amen again. Amen. All right, very good. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I ask this morning, Lord, that as you have laid this message upon my heart, that it would come across uh, clearly and powerfully, Lord. Please bring conviction to our hearts as to the important role that we have as a people to play. In these last days, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Luke chapter 9, and beginning with verse 59, the Bible says, And he said unto another, that is Jesus, said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. Here was this young man who said, Jesus, I want to follow you, uh, but first let me go and bury my dead father. And uh, Jesus here replies to him, let the dead bury their dead, but I have a different mission for you. The mission that I have for you is to do what? Preach the the gospel. Now, there's nothing wrong with burying the dead. I mean, we're supposed to bury the dead. But Christ here wants to illustrate something to us. That his gospel takes precedence over the business of the dead. His gospel is so important that he calls not only this gentleman in this passage, but he calls you and I to go do what? Preach the gospel. And, beloved, you don't have to be a pastor to go and preach the gospel. Amen? Amen. God calls us to go and to preach the gospel. And then in verse 61, another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go and bid them farewell, which are at home in my house. And Jesus said unto him, no man, having put his hand to the plow, and you've heard people say before, the gospel plow, And looking back is what? Fit for the kingdom. That's what I want to talk about this morning. Fit for the kingdom. What does it mean (coughs) to be fit for the kingdom? What does it mean to be prepared? What does it mean to be a part of the kingdom of God? How many of you would like to be fit for the kingdom? And when this Bible says being fit for the kingdom, we're not just talking about being fit to go to heaven. We're also talking about being fit for the kingdom of heaven on earth. The kingdom right now. God wants you and I right now to be fit for the kingdom. If you would turn back to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16, in order to be fit for the kingdom, we must do the work of the kingdom. Amen. We must put our hands to the gospel plow and the Bible says, don't look back. And beloved, today the devil is uh, tempting many people to look back to say, you know what? Let me do this later. I've got other things more important to me that need to be accomplished. The Bible says, don't fall for it. Don't look back. Keep your hand to the gospel plow, and you will be fit to be a part of the kingdom of God now, and the kingdom of God in heaven. I want you to notice Matthew 16. Matthew 16 and verse 16, or rather verse 15, he saith unto them, that is Jesus, whom say ye that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. <clears throat> Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my father, which is in heaven. And now notice verse 18. It says, And I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock, what rock? Not the rock of Peter, but on the rock of Peter's confession." On the rock that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, he says, upon this rock I will build my church. And so Christ's church or his kingdom is built upon the foundation or the fact that Jesus Christ is indeed the Son of God. He says, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. God tells us, Christ himself tells us the gates of hell will not prevail against the kingdom of heaven because God will have a people who are fit for the kingdom. You know what it means to be fit for something? It means capable, able-bodied. God is going to have a people who are capable and able-bodied of prevailing against the gates of hell. How many of you would like to be a part of that people? Amen. God says nothing shall prevail against my church. And now notice verse 19. And I will give unto thee the keys of the what? Kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And beloved, this verse is a verse that is often uh, misquoted, misunderstood, misapplied. And we want to take a look this morning at this verse and understand it in the light of what it means to be fit for the kingdom. Christ calls us to put our hand to the gospel plow. In Matthew 16, we see that Christ has given the keys of the kingdom to who? Not to Peter, but to his church. How many of you would like to have the keys to the kingdom? Well, in order to have the keys to the kingdom, what God is saying is that you must be fit to receive the keys. Amen? And so Christ here is telling us, listen, those who who are part of the kingdom, must be doing the work of the kingdom. They must put their hand to the gospel plow, and we're going to find out, beloved, that this morning, the work of the kingdom may be summed up in two words, and may be accomplished through one thing. What are the two words, or rather, what is the one thing through which we do the work of the kingdom? The one thing is the keys. In order to do the work of the kingdom, we must have the keys of the kingdom. And what are the keys to do? The keys do two things. They bind and they loose. So the work of the kingdom for you and I... As God's people, if we want to be fit for the kingdom, God says, put your hand to the gospel plow. And by doing so, I'm going to give you the keys so that you can do the work of the kingdom. And the work of the kingdom, beloved, is to bind and to loose. First, we want to find out what are the keys that God gives us, the keys of the kingdom that bind and loose. Let's go to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4 is going to tell us what the keys are. You know, people quote this verse often and say, you know, we have the keys to the kingdom. But what are the keys to the kingdom? What is that thing that binds and that looses? Well, Luke 4 and verse 18, listen to what the Bible says here. Jesus speaking, beginning his ministry, which is to preach the kingdom of heaven, it says the spirit of, of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do what? Preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach, and what's that word there? Deliverance to who? The captives. Beloved, let me ask you again. Just a lot of what we've just read so far, What are the keys of the kingdom that bind and that loose? It is the preaching of the gospel. Amen. It is the preaching of God's word. Christ himself says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the gospel, to preach deliverance, to the captives. Now, when you are captive, it means that you are being bound or held. And Christ says, I have the keys of the kingdom. And how did Christ use the keys of the kingdom? By preaching. And through his preaching, he delivered the captives. It goes on to say, and the recovering of the sight to the blind and to set at liberty or at freedom or to loose them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I'd like to read a quote to you from the book, The Desire of Ages, page 413. It says here, the keys of the kingdom of heaven are the words of Christ. Amen? Amen. The keys of the kingdom, it's not some mystical key that you walk around saying, I have the key and I have the power to let you into heaven if I want to, or I have the power to keep you out. No, the keys of the kingdom are the, is the preaching of the gospel. It is the word of Christ. And when you become a believer, Christ entrusts you with those keys. Beloved, that is a high and holy and awesome calling. That he would give you and I the keys to such a place as the kingdom of heaven. The keys to to loose and to bind. It goes on to say all the words of the Holy Scripture are his and are here included. These words have power to open and to shut heaven. They declare the conditions upon which men are received or rejected. Thus The work of those who preach God's word is a savor of life unto life or of death unto death. Theirs is a mission weighted with eternal results. Do you realize, beloved, the eternal weight that rests upon your shoulders when Christ says, I give you the key? What should happen to our souls if we don't use The key to loose and to bind. We're going to talk about that. What does it mean to loose? What does it mean to bind? What is God calling us to do with the keys of this kingdom? First, I want to talk to you about loosing. The loosing power that God has given us in the keys. Turn in your Bible to Isaiah 52. What is it that God wants loosed What is it that God has given us the power, not in our own selves, but through the preaching of the gospel, to loose? If you turn with me to Isaiah 52, we're going to take a look at verses 1 and 2. Isaiah 52, verse 1 and 2. The Bible says here, Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion. That's speaking about the church. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For henceforth, there shall no more come into thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. Shake thyself from the dust. Arise and sit down, O Jerusalem. And now read that next part with me, please. Loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion. Beloved, the first thing that we're to use these keys to do is to loose who? ourselves. Beloved, I, I, as I you know, listened to this morning to the wonderful testimony by a um, person who has just been loosed from the habit of smoking, I say praise the Lord because we see the keys of the kingdom doing their what? Doing their work. People, once they are finding these keys are saying, oh, I don't need to be a, a slave to Satan anymore. I don't need to be bound to his desires and his will anymore. And people, as they are being given the keys, as we are putting the keys into the hands of people, they are able to take those keys and the first thing that they do is they lose who? Themselves. Beloved, do you see why the keys of God, the keys of the kingdom are so important to God? There are people out there who are captive and who want to be loosed from bondage. Who want to be loosed from all these different captivities. And God says, I have given you the keys. But before you can loose somebody else, you must first loose who? Yourself. Go again with me to Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58. And I want you to notice something else that Christ wants us to loose With the keys, Isaiah 58 verse 6, the Bible says here, is not this the fast that I have chosen to do what? Loose the bands of wickedness. Beloved, when we share the gospel, we are using the keys to loose the bands of wickedness. When I had someone come to me come to me and preach the gospel, what that person was doing was he was letting me loose from the bands or the bondage of wickedness that was reigning in my life. That's why it was so important for Christ to give the keys of the kingdom to his church because there are people out there who are bound to wickedness. And Christ says, I want to give you the key, beloved, you hold. you play an important part in the spreading of my kingdom. Because through the preaching of the word, you loose the bands, the, the, the chains of wickedness that have captivated people for all their lives. Psalms 109. I want you to notice Psalms 102 rather. Psalms 102 and verse 19. Psalm 102 And verse 19, the Bible says here, speaking of God, for he has looked down from the height of his sanctuary. From heaven did the Lord behold the earth to hear the groaning of the prisoner to, and read that with me, lose those that are appointed to death. Beloved, do you remember what that young man said to Jesus when he said, come follow me? What did he say? Let me go bind the dead. In essence, Jesus says, no, 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 no. The work of my kingdom is not to bind the dead. It is to what? Loose the dead. So, yes, Bury Let the, the dead bury their dead. There's nothing wrong with burial. But beloved, my kingdom is about deliver, delivering those who are appointed to death. Now question, how many of us have been appointed to death? All of us. And so when God gives us the kingdom and loses, loses us from the penalty of death. Now we all still have to die. But God says, through my son Jesus Christ... Though you die, yet you will live again. We are loosed from the penalty of death. Now Christ says, through the gospel message, through the preaching, I am sending you forth with the keys of heaven to loose those who are headed to where? To death and to destruction. Notice with me in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 17. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 17 Jesus himself says something very powerful here. Revelation 1.17, the Bible says, And when I saw him, this is John the Revelator speaking, When I saw him, Jesus, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and read this with me, and have the keys of what? Hell and Death. Beloved, these keys are a part of the keys of the kingdom. So Christ says, not only do I give you the keys of the kingdom that will allow people through the preaching of the gospel to enter into the kingdom of heaven, but I also give you the keys of hell and death so that you can deliver those who are appointed to what? Hell and death. Do you see the important work, beloved, we have in using the keys of the kingdom, the preaching of the gospel? God says, I have sent you not only to bind, but also to loose. Notice with me in Luke chapter 13, Luke chapter 13 and verse 11. The Bible says here, and behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, read that with me, woman, thou art loosed from thy infirmity. Beloved the work of the gospel, the work that God has entrusted to us in using the keys of the kingdom is to loose people from their infirmities. And I praise God for the health message because even in that message, God has given us the keys to loose people from their infirmities, their physical infirmities. People are suffering with all kinds of ailments and they don't even understand this is why they're suffering. God says in the keys of the kingdom through the preaching of the word of God, you will even be able to deliver people from their physical infirmities. And so, beloved, God says, I want you to use these keys. These keys are used, are to be used to loose those that are bound, both spiritually and physically. Now, before we can loose, we have to bind. Before we can loose, we have to. We must. There's no two ways about it. We must bind. Notice with me in Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. And I want you to understand, beloved, how important this work is. When Christ laid upon us the keys of the kingdom of heaven, he was giving us power that is, beloved, beyond our imagination. Luke 12. I'm sorry. Matthew 12 and verse 29. Notice this simple verse. When you there say amen. Jesus says, How can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods except he first bind the strong man? And then he will spoil his house. What's he talking about here? Jesus is saying something very simple. If you want to go and spoil the strong man's goods, that means take his goods, you have to first bind the strong man. You don't just walk into a person's house and he says, hey, what are you doing? You say, I'm taking your stuff. No, you can't do that while I'm doing it. Who are you? Get out of here. No, I'm not leaving. And don't touch me. You don't do that, right? You get in the house, you bind the owner of the house, and then you take his goods. Well, beloved, in Christ giving us the keys, hear this, please. You already know where I'm going. Who is the strong man? It is Satan, beloved. It is Satan and his evil angels. What are the goods? People. And Christ says, when, I, when, he, when he said, I give you the keys, what he was saying was not only will I give you power to loose, but I'm also going to give you power to bind. Beloved, we're to be loosing people and binding the devil and his angels, amen? Amen. Now, I've heard this text used to say, well, we're going to bind that person. We're going to bind that person. Beloved, the gospel is not about binding people. It's about loosing people, but it's about binding demonic angels. Amen? God says, I'm going to give you the power, the keys to bind the strong man. That means put a chain around him, symbolically speaking, bind him so that you can let loose his prisoners. Now, beloved, I want to spoil Satan's goods. Anybody out there that want to spoil his goods? I didn't see too many hands going up. Come on. That's right. We want to spoil his goods. But he says the only way you can spoil his goods is by, is by having the key. You don't just walk into the devil's house and say, I'm taking your stuff. He'll bind you. Right? You've got to go in there with the keys. And the keys are the preaching of the gospel. And let me, let me say, it's not just the preaching of the gospel, beloved. It's the living of the gospel. Amen? By living the gospel, we bind Satan's activities in our lives. That's what the key is for. I want to bind Satan so that he cannot have the control in my life that he once had. And I want to bind him in the lives of other people so that he cannot have the influence and the control that he once had in their lives. Notice Hebrews 2. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. Hebrews 2.14, listen to what the Bible says here. For as much much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that is Jesus, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is who? The devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetimes subject to bondage. Notice the formula here. Bind the devil, deliver those who are bound by him. Jesus says, I'm going to give you the keys. And when you preach the gospel, two things are happening. When you live the gospel, two things are happening. You are binding the devil's influence over that person. And you are loosing that person from the devil's deceptions. God says, when I call you to put your hand to the gospel plow, it's a very serious work. And I want you to take this work so seriously above anything else. And beloved, you see why? Because God loves souls. (coughs) Now, let me share with you the ultimate binding and loosing work, because I want you to see just how solemn This call is when God says, I give to you, that is individually, you, the kingdom or the keys to the kingdom. Turn with me to the book of Revelation, chapter 14. Revelation, chapter 14. And I want you to notice verse 6. What are the keys to the kingdom? The what? The gospel. Now, I want you to notice Revelation 14 and verse 6. The Bible says, And I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the keys of the kingdom. Is it all right for me to say that? Is it okay for me to say that? Yes? I mean, it says here, having the everlasting gospel to what? To preach. But what is this angel really holding? He's holding the keys. It says he's got these keys to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him. Now, this is not a literal angel <clears throat> that is coming down preaching. There's no angel flying around in heaven, I mean in the sky right now yelling out, hey everybody fear God. Nobody hears that. What does it mean when it says that this angel is preaching this message? Well, we're all pretty much familiar by now that in the the Greek the word here for angel simply means messenger or messengers. So we can then assume that this angel would represent, symbolically speaking, those who are going forth with this final gospel message, preaching it to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. Amen? So this angel symbolizes those who are going forth with the keys of the kingdom, and their message is the everlasting gospel. This message is being preached, or is to be preached To every nation, kindred, and tongue. Now, why that's so significant, beloved? I want you to notice Matthew 24. Matthew 24. You know what? How should I do this? Here, let's do it like this. Let's go to Revelation 20. Let's go to Revelation chapter 20. And I want you to notice this, beloved. Revelation 20 and verse 1. And I want you to notice what the Bible says. And I saw an angel... Come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up. And set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. Question, do you think that God's people may possibly have a role in this angel's work right here? Beloved, I think that without a shadow of a doubt, God's people have a part to play In the binding, the ultimate binding of the devil that the Bible talks about in Revelation 24, 1,000 years, you and I, you and I in here today have a role to play in the binding of the devil. In other words, when God gave us a kingdom, he was not just saying, I'm going to give you power to bind the devil from the lives of people, but I'm also going to give you power to ultimately bind the devil for that 1,000 year period. And you say, how is that possible? Turn with me to Matthew 24 and I'll show you how. Matthew 24, Matthew 24 and verse 14. Matthew 24, and I want you to notice what verse 14 says. (coughs) And now you understand why the devil does not want us to use the keys. Notice what it says, Matthew 24, 14. And this, what? Gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in where? All the, where? World for a witness unto all nations and then shall, what? The end come. Beloved, Christ has given you and I the gospel keys. The keys to the kingdom. And through these keys, we are binding Satan one by one, person by person. Satan's being bound. Oh, I have no no more control over so-and-so. Oh, I have no... And he's losing his kingdom as we preach the gospel. But the time is coming, thank you, the time is coming where once we preach the gospel and it goes to all nations, kindreds, thank you, tongues, and people, that that preaching is what brings on the second coming, which is the event that binds Satan for 1,000 years. Do you understand why the devil wants you to be quiet at work? Why he wants you not to say anything to that person, to that neighbor, uh, to that friend. Because as long as we remain silent, not only in word, but also in action, beloved, we are giving Satan more time to run free. Christ says, I give you the kingdom. I want you to go now and to start the work of loosing and of binding because the time is coming that when the gospel is preached in all the world that I will come again because you have done your part I will come again and we together through our combined effort will bind the devil and his angels Bre- brothers and sisters i what what an important role that God has given us to play In the binding of the enemy. Now let me close with Luke. I'm sorry with Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 16. Because I want to show you another. Really powerful illustration here. Leviticus chapter 16. And we're not going to go through this. We're just going to look at one verse, but I just want to give you the, the foundation here. Leviticus 16, most of you are aware that this is talking about the day of atonement, the day of judgment, so to speak. And it was symbolic of uh, the future judgment or rather the coming of Christ that will take place in the future after the judgment in heaven has been sealed and settled. And just to show you here, right here in Luke, I mean, I'm sorry, Leviticus 16 and verse 21. At the end of the day's activities, after the high priest had made a cleansing of all the sins of the sanctuary. Don't worry about all that right now. I just want you to focus on one point. That at the end of all the activities, the high priest came out of the temple and he laid his hands over the head of a very strange goat. This goat was called Azazel. And this goat symbolized none other than Satan himself. It was a scapegoat. And the the, the symbolism of the high priest laying his hands on the scapegoat was that he was now confessing all the sins that had taken place throughout the year. He had confessed them on the head of the scapegoat because he was ultimately to be punished for all the sins of that year. Likewise, beloved, who is ultimately going to be punished for all the sins of humanity? Satan. Satan is the one that's ultimately going to be punished for all those sins. All the sins will be placed upon him and he must perish with those sins. Now I want you to notice Luke. I'm sorry, I keep saying Luke. Leviticus uh, 16 verse 21. Aaron shall lay both his hands upon the head of the live goat and confess over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel, and all their transgressions, and all their sins, putting them upon the head of the goat, and shall send him away by the hand of a... Can you read that with me? A fit man into the wilderness. Now, beloved, this is beautiful, because... You had two people cooperating here. You had Aaron, the high priest, which is representative of Jesus Christ. But now you have this fit man. Aaron is the one that sends the goat into the wilderness. But the, the tradition has it that this, this man would, take a, uh, would have a rope and he would put it around the, the, the neck of the, of the goat and he would lead that goat out into the wilderness. What do we read in Revelation 20? This angel descends having the key to a bottomless pit and a great what? Chain in his hand. Beloved, the question is, who possibly could this fit man represent that was to aid in the leading out of the scapegoat into the wilderness where he would perish? Who do you think that fit man is? That fit man, beloved. No man that puts his hand to the Plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of heaven. Beloved, how many of you want to be fit for the kingdom of heaven? I want to be fit for the kingdom of heaven. Not only that, but I find it pleasurable to loose and to bind. I find it exciting that God would lay such power in our hands. It's not our own power. It is the power of Jesus Christ through the preaching of the gospel. I can't say, well, you know what? You're you're not going. That's what some people are doing. Some people are saying, oh, I've, I've got the power. Okay, you're not going. I excommunicate you or I, this or that. No, beloved. We don't do that to people. We don't say that to people. Our mission is to lose people and to bind the devil and his angels. Can I read one more verse to you? Romans 16, 20. Romans 16, 20. The Bible says there, and the God of peace, I'm quoting it, the God of peace shall bruise Satan under whose feet? Under. You got to read that under your feet shortly. Isn't that something else? Christ says, you know what? I'm not even... I can bruise Satan, but beloved, I'm gonna give it to you to bruise Satan. I'm gonna let you bruise his head. I'm gonna bruise him under your feet, beloved. Isn't that exciting? All the things the devil has done to us, God says, listen, if you are fit for the kingdom, if you use the keys, I will bruise Satan under your feet. You will be that fit man that grabs Satan by the neck amen, puts that chain around him, symbolically speaking, and says, come here I'm taking you to the pit you know what's beautiful about it, beloved is that when you read that same chapter in Leviticus 20, I mean in, in Revelation 20, it says, at the same time the dead in Christ come to life they are loosed why are they loosed? Because God's people were busy using the keys. And once they sent those keys all into the world, then Jesus could come again, loose the righteous, and bind the devil and his angels. Well, we want to be part of that work. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the incredible the incredible privilege, the incredible power you have given us in giving us the keys of the kingdom. Lord, may we be faithful to use these keys. May we realize that the power is not in the hand that holds the keys, but in the keys themselves. And Father, may we hasten your coming